All right, folks, here we go. Another week is coming gone. It's a look back, looking back on the conference championship games. And all I have to say is E-A-G-L-E-S. We're in the Super Bowl. And Matt, you and I, we've been talking, we've been talking this football stuff for at least a dozen years now, maybe longer, maybe sure. I don't know. A long time. When the Eagles won the last Super Bowl, we didn't have this platform to talk football all the time. And then we started the Anchor app. And I would never thought in a million years that we would be talking on a video recording that people can actually listen to, these suckers out here. And actually, we're talking about the Eagles in the Super Bowl. But, man, this is this is unbelievable. I mean, we're actually <laughs> – we actually have, you know, we actually can do this now. But, I mean, it's not really surprising because this entire season, we kind of knew, even before they 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 kicked off in Detroit, what kind of season this was going to be, like this magical run. And obviously, you have to give a lot of credit to, to the organization from, obviously, from the, from the ownership all the way down to the last person on special teams the contributions and everything they have done to get us to another shot at Lombardi trophy is unbelievable. And, you know, yeah, the game might have sucked. It might have not been the greatest game, not even the game we all anticipated, but Hey, it didn't matter. Eagles were the better team. They proved it. They dominated. They ran the ball. Well, the defense, like I said, we'll obviously get into it here in a moment, but still it was a great, it was a great game. And I'm very, very, I'm just I'm relieved more than I am just happy. I'm relieved because now we have a couple of weeks to get ourselves prepared. February twelfth, we put things together for another potential championship and walk through and walk on Broad Street. Wish you can come up and join us, Matt, for that if if that's the case. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. All right. So, y'all thoughts on the game? Y'all thoughts on the game? Oh man, well, I'm gonna avoid for the, for now talking about the actual Super Bowl. You know, uh, we'll talk about this last game. And I gotta say, man, I was born my birthday December 18th, 1981. There's only been two other times I can say this, but the the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl, man. Mm-hmm. And I'll say it again: the Eagles are going to the fucking Super Bowl, bro. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're in there, man. And we're going up against Patrick Mahomes. We're going up against Andy Reid. Yes, you know <laughs> we gotta we gotta exercise those demons. We'll talk about that. But uh, oh my God, yeah, yeah, we're in the Super Bowl, bro. Finally, and you go back to the beginning of the year. I mean, you, you were you know. Um, this was this is a good this was a good roster, okay? And you go back to the preseason, there were some people, there were a lot of people talking about, yeah, this could be a this team could overachieve all that. But you know what I've been, what I've been telling you since the draft, the day after the draft when we do our talk, okay? I've been telling you this this team reminded me of 2017. Since then, I told you after that draft, what did I tell you, man? If this team went out, if they went out, I specifically said if they went out and signed uh Bradbury 
if they went out and made a trade for a safety, I was uh, char- targeting uh, Chuck Clark from the Ravens. But if they went out and got one more safety in a trade, if they signed James Bradbury, this defense was going to be top five. This offensive line was probably number one, I said back then. I said Jalen Hurts, he was going to take a massive step forward with A.J. Brown in here. He was going to be – he was going to – he was going to – he was going to shoot up those rankings at least in the top ten, you know. Add all that together. This is this is how this team's built. This is how Andy Reid built his the, the Eagles. This is how he built the Chiefs. This is how Howie Roseman took over. Build, build those lines up, both sides of the ball. Get, get yourself a franchise quarterback. Let everything else fall into place. And uh, – that's what we did, and we're here, man. We're here. We got we got the best roster in the NFL. Mm-hmm. We got a quarterback who should be the MVP, if not for uh, a late season injury, which you know just so happened to be the same thing that happened in 2017 with Carson Wentz, who was the MVP until three weeks before the end of the season, and he got injured, you know, um, and. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're we're looking at we're we're looking at we're we're looking at a, a team that is better than the Chiefs. Okay, overall, this team is better than the Chiefs. They might have Patrick Mahomes. That's all they got. Okay, well, I, I'll give them. They got they got the experience coaching with the coaching staff, coaching bit in Super Bowls. That's it. Mahomes and experience. Experience says that the coaching staff. I'm not all that pumped up about. You know, we've seen younger coaching staffs come in here and they play loose. They, they might, they coach looser. You know, we saw Doug Peterson go up against, uh, go up against uh, Bill Belichick. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think Sirianni is going to be the type of coach that's going to come in here and tighten up in the big game. He, he We didn't see it last week. You know, what do you go for it on uh, what? Fourth and one at the, yep. their own 30 the yard own. line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I mean, we're not going to tighten up. It's not going to happen. So, uh, yeah, that's that's all they got is they got Mahomes. Eagles got the advantage every other aspect of this game. Eagles can run the ball. The Eagles Eagles got the better offensive line, even though the Chiefs do have, also have an elite offensive line. The Eagles' offensive line is number one in the NFL, unquestioned. Um, the Eagles got the better receivers. Um, defensively, Eagles got the advantage every aspect of the game, pretty much. Front seven, pass rush. Uh, the secondary easy easily in the secondary the chiefs linebackers aren't that good you know what the eagles actually have good linebackers now all of a sudden you know um yeah eagles just got the advantage in every aspect of this game except quarterback and uh i'm sorry man but patrick mahomes you're in for some trouble man you're in for some trouble orlando brown susceptible Look for him to – he's going to get beat. He's going to get beat. And uh, he's gotten beat before. That's the reason why Mahomes got injured, you know, in that uh, in that Jaguars game. Orlando Brown got beat, and that's where he hurt his ankle. He's going to get beat. And uh, I'm sorry, but Mahomes, he should be more healthy in that game, in the Super Bowl, but he's not going to be able to roll out to the right because – when Hassan Reddick beats uh, Orlando Brown on the left side, you're going to have Josh Sweat, and you're going to have Brandon Graham coming in on the right side. And you're going to have – he can't step up in the pocket because you're going to have J- Javon Hargrave, and you're going to have Fletcher Cox coming right up the middle. 
And once in a while, we're going to throw a blitz in there. Maybe we get Kaiser White rolling in. So, yeah, the Super Bowl, the Eagles are the better team. And and the only way the Chiefs win this game is the Mahomes to uh, Travis Kelsey connection. And even if Kelsey goes for 120 yards and two touchdowns, who else are they going to throw the ball to? They can't run the ball. They're not going to move the ball running running it. What, what, what are the receivers going to do against our cornerbacks? Is Meekwell Hardman going to burn Darius Slay? I doubt it. Is uh, Juju Smith-Schuster going to go for 10 receptions for 120 yards? Unlikely. Is uh, what Sky Moore or Byron Pringle going to uh, burn uh, 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 James Bradbury? Are you kidding me? You know, they, they got nothing. They, they, they don't have the receivers that can beat our secondary. And our front seven is just that dominant. So, mm-hmm. sorry, Mahomes, but I don't think you're winning your second Super Bowl this year. Indeed. Uh, uh, that's funny. Um, you start off by saying <laughs> you weren't going to talk about the Super Bowl, but you couldn't help yeah, yourself. <laughs> I analysis and analysis of it. We not even not even caring about what happened in this game, this NFC title game. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, but I'm already looking forward. Yes, yes, so am I, so am I. Um, but I want to just dwell in this beautiful victory that we just had Sunday, and um, I, uh, as a back background, um, to the story. I was down at the, the Del Frisco's Grill on South Broad Street. So I was right on Broad Street, ready nice for place. Very nice place. That's where all the re- celebrities go and athletes go. Yeah. Uh, uh, he, did he tell you that a couple of his saints came in the day before when they played, um, they, when, they, when they came to town and he got some yeah. pictures with them? Yeah. yeah. He took some pictures with his, his, his saints. Like, Anyhow. Yeah. <laughs> so we were down there because uh, we knew right after they win – It'll be festive, and boy, he <laughs> was it. So we go. I time I get there, second time in a row, on my way to the to event, and the Eagles score already. Like I can't even get there fast enough because they're scoring on opening drives. <laughs> and so I get there up seven nothing, and then, uh, as you see, we take care of Mister Purdy early because. First of all, Purdy didn't want none of this. That was obvious. I wish he stayed played the whole game, but it was obvious he didn't want none of this. Because once he got hurt, and yes, we do find out the injury is a little bigger than we thought. He saw it all the times so he shot, showed his face on the sidelines. He wasn't fighting to get back in this game. <laughs> you saw when Mahomes almost broke his ankle last week. He was fighting mad to get back in on one one foot. So that's a, that's the huge difference there. He, we, he got he felt a little adversity and said, "Oh no, no, no! I don't need more of that." And then, unfortunately, they bring in Josh Johnson. We take him out. Come on back, Birdie. <laughs> Come on back. Oh, I forgot. They tried to get McCaffrey to pass, <laughs> and that was the saddest pass. the The camera shot was perfect because it caught the ball just dying in the field all by itself. Because <laughs> McCaffrey's the only thing they had. I mean, I forgot Debo Samuel was on the field. I had to look at all my phone around the fourth quarter. I said, did he play? And he did. He had at that time he had uh three carries for negative two yards and five 
catches for maybe 25 or 30 yards. A non-factor. Um, the Eagles has nullified everything they could even think of trying to do. They got where they got away with that one play because that fool tried not to try to tackle McCaffrey. They try to throw his body into McCaffrey. He just going to jump over that, and then he bounced off that. But that was all they could get. So back to back weeks, the Eagles only give up seven points. Seven points. All this talk about San Fran coming here with the best defense. Where what? Their defense, once you punch them in the mouth, now they now they turn in, in, into being what they are, little little children, committing stupid fouls, throwing our guys around. Just just sad. They just shot themselves the whole in the foot the whole game with face masks and pass interferences. Just totally undisciplined team. And we were people were worried about this this squad. Look at this. Look at look at Boston Scott. Bam to the corner touchdown. And we just and we played totally different than I expected. I was talking last week about we should shift our running yards to our passing. Well, we did have far fewer running yards in the Giants game, but and we didn't pass any more than we did, which is kind of funny. Look at the stats; you're like, damn, they they got this done on a 300 total yards. <laughs> but we own the line of scrimmage. We control the line of scrimmage, even though the guys for a few tackles for loss. I just knew we were going to break out a few eventually. And we saw Miles break through with two touchdown runs and Boston with his, Jalen with his touchdown. So there was no passing touchdowns, which is very surprising <laughs> to me. So wait till we see what we do in Phoenix. Woo! I can't wait to see that. But <laughs> I, I love this game. I just love the fact that we just took their heart and – had the 49ers all crying, the coach whining and fight, fussing at the officials all game long. It's your fault, coach. Don't try to get mad at the officials. It's your team's fault. We're playing like jackasses because they could not handle the fact that they finally met their match. They all, when you go on that long winning streak, you think, oh, we're, un, we're, we're indestructible. But no, 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 no. You had to come here, buddy. You had to come to Philly. And we don't play that. So someone said on, I think, Channel 6, that there's been three times where characters from the other teams come here and put their jerseys on our Rocky statue. And all three times they got beat and only scored seven. Minnesota, New York, and San Fran. So if Casey wants to come here with that nonsense, just next, bring it. Put him a home's jersey on, on Rocky if you want to. We'll shut y'all down too. <laughs> so that's what we're doing. And that's what's so unusual about this team is we're not used to this. So that's why we're always looking for the fallout. We're always looking for, oh, we're overconfident. No, this is the best team in the NFL. Is that way in September, October, November, December, January, and February? Just the best thing. With Jalen Hurts starting, they're 16 and 1. You know, <laughs> I mean, we won't think about that. And the one loss that Washington nonsense was just a fluke. We just had, had stupid turnovers. That's the only, and uh, one turnover that wasn't called uh, for a egregious face mask. So that's how good we are. And just accept that we're good. That's what we just got the best team going. And 
it, it's showing up in the playoffs, right? Where it's supposed to show up. Total domination. And I love it. Mm-hmm. That's right. I mean, I was cautiously nervous before this game, but I wasn't like normally nervous. You know, some games I'm very nervous because, I mean, this team's really good. They probably could beat us. But here, the problem with the 49ers, there was going to be an exposure of them. Somehow. When Brock Purdy, and I, and, and even though I didn't really watch much of the pregame show, how about Anita Baker singing the national anthem? We haven't heard from her in about 30 years. <laughs> but anyway. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was in the car. Big fan of Anita Baker, you know, full young girl, you know. Her prime was long before he was even thought of. <laughs> but anyway, but anyway, but still, when I saw Brock Purdy, the look on his face, oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, he did not want any part of this defense. And he had to play that game. You know, you're the guy. You're the guy that they're looking at. When Hassan Reddick hit them, that's what happened. Boom. Mm-hmm. And that was it for the 49ers. They had no idea. I mean, Josh Johnson, I mean, come on, man. This guy's been around the league 15 years on 13 franchises. You're going to tell me that guy's going to try to beat the Eagles? <laughs> oh, my God, man. I mean, hmm. I, I then again, I, 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 I think Chris Winky would be the great – it would be as good as Tom Brady if that's – Oh my gosh! We got the Chris Tommy, <laughs> come on! Jeez! It makes Jamarcus Russell makes Jamarcus Marcus Russell like Donovan McNabb. Good, and he beat Donovan <laughs> McNabb in the game. He did beat him in a in a game. People forgot about that, but mm-hmm. still, I mean, it, it it's ridiculous. I mean, that, after that, you know, Forty ers were completely exposed. Kyle Shanahan, number one, Kyle Shanahan's already been a coach in the Super Bowl on two occasions and you knew what happened in those two games. Mm-hmm. So of mm-hmm. course I don't think I don't think anybody wants to see Kyle Shanahan coaching in a Super Bowl, another Super Bowl with his with his track record. Um and then it's just the fact that every time the 49ers think they had the Eagles beat in second quarter or a drive, they get a a stupid penalty, like you said, a stupid penalty, whether it's a pass interference whether it's a hold or it or personal foul. Mm-hmm. It was it, it was ugly. The game got ugly. It wasn't like your normal beatdowns. It was an ugly, soft, and then at the end, they just started training punches and going off Trent Williams. I mean, Trent Williams couldn't believe it. He got beat all day, and he couldn't believe it. He just couldn't believe, you know. Like I said, a bunch of punks out there. They have to take that whole hard plane ride back to the West Coast, I'm sure Jay Simpson was out there greeting them. That's his part of the country. That's where he's from, San Francisco, mm. with the glove. <laughs> but anyway, oh, but still, but still, you know, now the 49ers have a major issue. They had a major flaw. It's been the quarterback position the entire year. You started with Trey Lance. You know, he he, he didn't do well the first game, first time he was out there, and then he got himself injured. You bring in Jimmy G again, and he he played okay with Jimmy G. Okay, you might actually might be a threat. Then he gets hurt, and then Purdy becomes Big Ben Roethlisberger, two thousand four ish, where he's the talk of the town. But people have been saying that he's very limited, and 
like you said, he's he's been play, playing most of his games on the West Coast. Most of his games were on the West Coast. He never played on the East Coast and until this game, and then he realized, uh-uh. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, uh, I mean, this this game was an obvious that the Eagles were going to win, you know, just, just the, when you saw Purdy's look. Because outside Chris McCaffrey, nobody gave an effort. You know, Debo couldn't get, get made passes through. Brandon Ayuk was completely no-show. Mm-hmm. They couldn't run the ball. So what what could they've done? And I mean, by the end of the game, the Eagles were the strong, were just running away with it and did whatever they wanted to do. And you know, we'll see what happens with Kansas City in a few weeks because obviously, you know, after that game, I told myself, man, I gotta beat Andy Reid. We have to fix Andy Reid. We <laughs> he's beaten us three times since he's left. Now we have an opportunity on the biggest stage to finally beat him. And obviously, the storylines are over the top. You have Andy Reid coaching his old team against his ex-team. Only the second coach to do that, the Lee Dan Reeves. He coaches he coached the Falcons against his Broncos. You have the Kelsey brothers, the first brother player act, playing act. It's not coaching act. It's a playing act. Mm-hmm. The two brothers. And then Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts are the first black uh, black quarterbacks to go against each other on the biggest stage. That's never happened before. That's right. So so it's a it's a it's a lot of big storylines for a Super Bowl that's gonna be extremely exciting. And then Rihanna's gonna be there, countless celebs, since it's gonna be out in Arizona. That's not that far from LA, or at least not as far flight, less than an hour flight from LA. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, this is going to be an obvious. This is going to be an obvious deal, you know. And I'm sure we'll have plenty of time to talk about the Super Bowl here. We have a, a couple other shows to go before we get to the big game and our predictions. But we kind of know where it's going, and we kind of know what's going to happen. So, but like I said, the story of 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 the Eagles being back in the Super Bowl is an obvious norality because two years ago there was no way in hell we would think we would be in this position again. The fact that we lost, we had to let Dougie P go. Carson Wentz was traded. And I remember that one, that the same day he was traded, March of 2021, I think, I don't know if it was the organization or somebody told his agent or somebody, Jalen Hurts, we don't think you're the guy. We may have to look elsewhere. We'll might give you a year, but if you don't do it, we'll find somebody else. And I really think that that day, whenever it was, I forgot the day Wentz was traded. I think that motivated Jalen Hurts to be the best quarterback he can be. Because if you watch him in college, and and I'm sure both of us have, I know Matt has, because he watched more college football than all of us than both of us combined. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts has been a winner. He played at Alabama. He obviously won a national championship. He was passed over for Tua Tagalova. I don't know how that happened. You look at when you look at Nerd's careers at this point. But he went mm. to Oklahoma, became the guy, almost a Heisman Trophy winner and national champion out there. Was over completely overlooked in the draft. I thought he was a first round pick. He ended up coming to the Eagles in the second round, mm. even though it was a sh- shocking pick. It was a shocking pick at the time. 
it might have been a, ble a blessing in disguise as well. And then we watched the 2020 pandemic-ridden season be a disaster, and it was a disaster. But then when we played the Green Bay Packers, that's when he came in, second half of that game, and nearly brought us back. Nearly brought us back and won that game, almost won that game. And then he started with the Saints the next week, and he he was impressive. He was impressive. I'm like, hey, this kid's got something. This kid's got something. So even though the rest of the year didn't matter because it was a bad year and a terrible deal, you know, we go into 2021, and we were expecting to be one of the worst teams in the NFL, one of the worst. Somehow, I told myself, you know, when I looked at this roster, and Matt was the first to tell me this. He was the first to tell me this. They're going to overachieve. There's no way they're winning no fucking three games. <laughs> they're not three or four win team. They're a nine, ten win team. Mm -hmm. And Matt was right. And I thought, and I thought so. Okay, it didn't start well. They started two yeah. and five, and we were, and we had episodes and, and I know Kwame you, you weren't a part of it at the time but we had episodes mm -hmm. where we wanted to fire Howie and all that oh, and yeah. then all of a sudden I've heard. we played Detroit on Halloween we played Detroit on Halloween and we beat them 44 to 6 <laughs> I thought this mm -hmm. team was terrible what the hell are we doing beating a team 44 mm -hmm. to 6 on the road <laughs> what the hell's going on yes. and then all of a sudden the team got better they played the Chargers next week they played them well enough to win even though they did mm -hmm. Yep, should have won that. Beat the Broncos, mm -hmm. who just smacked the Cowboys around the week before, and we beat them in their house. Yep. And then we blew out the Saints, and then we started. Um, then all of a sudden, this Eagles team is good again. This team is good. Okay, we weren't Super Bowl contenders last year, but at least after that game against Tampa Bay, we told we. I'm sure Brady gave him a lot of advice, and I think we told ourselves, you know, we make a few tweaks, we may be in this position next year. We marry Moby in just a few tweaks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then we get into the offseason. Bam. Hassan Reddick comes home. Bam, Kwame. You, you texted me. A.J. Brown's traded here. And then all of a sudden, all, all the money put, all the money spent, all these guys. It's almost like when the season began, when we, when we were done with the preseason, anything less than a Super Bowl appearance would have been a major disappointment. Mm -hmm. Anything less than a Super Bowl appearance would have been a major disappointment. And basically, all year they've shown why they are the best team. And I'm going to say this, and I'll say this with a straight face. If we win this game, this was the greatest Eagles team ever. I mean that. Better than the 2017 yeah. team because yeah. the 2017 team was good, mm -hmm. but they had flaws. They had flaws. You had quarterback controversy. You had you have a few other things. This 2022 Eagles team, the, I'm telling you, it's it. They might be the greatest team ever assembled in this city ever. Agree. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they are they. This this is the most. It's 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 already right up there, and um. I mean, they got to win the Super Bowl, but if they do, they are better than the 2017 team. They were more talented. Um, the 2004 team, 
that they're better than I would say. I think that's pretty close. That 2004 team was really good. They but... weren't better than the Patriots or the Steelers. They weren't better than those two teams. They were better than everybody else but those two teams. Uh, you know, for those two games that they played, but you know how mm. things go. In, in a one-game situation, games could go any way, especially when you talk about Super Bowl contenders. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, that team was good. <laughs> I mean, that that, that mm. one that one was the year. But yeah. nonetheless, um, yeah, you uh, just – since I got off on the, the Super Bowl already, um, just looking at this game, you know, like you said, Brock Purdy, it, he was this dude was so relieved to be out of this game. <laughs> you could see this guy. He was so happy to just be on the sideline and not taking a beating. And then when mm. Josh Johnson goes down and he has to come back in, he's like, oh, my God, what, come on. You <laughs> they know, got no quarterback. They got no quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had no chance. The, 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 it doesn't matter who you put at quarterback. You could have had Patrick Mahomes back there at quarterback. He had no chance. Um, but the defensive line just dominated. And then uh, when when you're talking about Jalen Hurts, I mean, the bottom line, it's it's just another thing. You got to have patience with some quarterbacks, okay? Some quarterbacks have it. Some quarterbacks don't. Some quarterbacks need to develop, okay? Um, we've seen it with Josh Allen. We've seen it with some of these other guys that come in the league, and they need to not necessarily sit, but they need they need you need to have some patience with them and let them develop their game. But they have the tools, they have the intangibles, and then you see these guys like uh, Josh Rosen and uh, Zach Wilson, <laughs> you know, uh, Sam Darnold, my my most hated, <laughs> you know. These guys that have all this talent, but they just don't have it upstairs. And you can see it from the second they step on the field. But, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're, the, they're the number two draft pick. So they're you, you got to give them years. And it's like, okay, well, you know what? I'd rather give Jalen Hurts three years to develop or even Josh Allen, who did go first round. But you could tell just from the way the guy uh, practices and the way the, way the guy – his work ethic and everything. He's got talent. He's got the talent to be great. And he's got the work ethic to be great and the desire. And, uh, you know, guys like that, those are the guys you want to give, uh, those are the guys you want to give uh, time to. The guys like uh, Josh Rosen and Zach Wilson, you may as well not even bother. Get rid of them after a year. Don't even bother drafting them, really. But, uh, yeah. uh you know, these stupid teams, they always fall for the, oh, this guy's got this crazy arm and all this nonsense. And it's like, it, it, it's not necessarily always about just the arm. Okay. It's about intangibles. What's the ears. intangibles. Exactly. It's what's between the ears. It's what, it's the leadership. It's the, uh, the work ethic, you know? And I, I say, I've been saying it forever, man. And it, 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 it keeps coming true. You know, it's, it's, that's the way it is. A guy, a quarterback that has the, has the intelligence and that has the work ethic and the leadership, he will succeed in the NFL. And the bottom line, unless he's just like so untalented that he just can't play, you know, and then you have like a guy like, you know, that, that may be like a Ryan Fitzpatrick who maybe he's a good backup, but, you know, if the guy has starter potential and he has all the intangibles, you gotta you gotta try to develop him. 
So, you know, maybe, maybe some teams will learn. Maybe some teams will learn. Most probably won't because it just is the way they skate, the, the NFL is. But you got to give the guys a chance. And you, you get the talent around them, and maybe they could become something. Maybe they won't. But uh, another guy that I'm, I am I like that has that those intangibles and has potential is uh, um, um, uh, Desmond Ritter out there in uh in in Atlanta you know quarterback for Cincinnati a lot of people compared mm-hmm. him to Jalen Hurts coming out you know he didn't do a whole lot his rookie year he made a couple of plays he got better as the year went on but he didn't have a lot of talent around him mm-hmm. and we'll see if Atlanta gives him a shot you know if they could if they could surround him with talent and they give him time to develop he could be something but we we know how this league is we know how how these coaches are their jobs are on the line every year, and uh, they're always looking for a, a, an excuse to keep their job for another year if they if they if they don't make the playoffs. So maybe he won't. But uh, again, you, you, you got to give your guys a chance to develop, especially at quarterback. Yeah, yeah, and with Jalen, uh, at least for me, it was pretty obvious to see that he was trending upward um yeah even if his first year you know played about four games in the season that's all the potential and and because i happen to see watch him quite a bit in college and i watched the championship game where he got benched at the half and brought it in tackle viola and they won and then in the eventual map in oklahoma i watched him over there and he looked great and to, to be a Heisman finalist also. Um, I could see that that experience let me know that this guy can handle adversity and, you know, can dust himself off because that's very humiliating to be benched at the half on a national championship game and then to watch your backup go ahead and win the game for you. That, that could knock you out for good, but it didn't. <laughs> and he had the right mentality that he had confidence in himself that he knew he could do this. So when he got to play in 2021 and, you know, the season started off a little rough, but, and I could still just watching him, I could see um, that he had an excellent arm and that he was, as the season went on, you could see him getting better at how to handle reading the defenses uh, whether on the RPOs or uh, or just the, the straight dropping back. And so I just say, another year of this, this guy's going to be right. Um, and all this offseason, there's all this chatter amongst radio. Now, I don't know if that's chatter was going on actually in the front office, but on the radio, it's, I don't know. We got to go draft somebody. This guy ain't going to do it. All I say is give him a ch- Give him this year. This is his do or die year. And let's see what happens. You know? And what do we have? Uh, we're on our way with our fourth Super Bowl appearance in franchise history. Uh, and a 14 and three mark. And he only lost one game um, that he started in. So, wow. So, even that would surprise me, except for the fact that. In uh, July with Rob, we I did record with him 
the predictions. And even though I know I don't like doing those game to game predictions, but I believe I picked 13 or 14 wins. And even when I said it, as we went down week by week, I, I kept thinking, something's got to be wrong. I, it'd be that good. But then I said, well, maybe they will be. <laughs> there they were. And so uh, none of this really surprised me. It's a little higher than I thought. I wasn't thinking Super Bowl this year. Um, but, hey, why not? Dougie P came here and did it in the second year. Why not Sirianni? You know? And we won it with Nick Foles. So this quarterback's a little better than Nicky. So I am looking forward to the Super Bowl. Yes. Go ahead, Rock. Yeah. I mean, the evolution of, of Jalen Hurts is, is obvious. I mean, you know, we when he came into the league the first year, he completed 52% of his passes. So that was four and a half games, so it's not a good sample size. Last year, it was about 61%. This year, about 67-something, 68 is probably higher. I mean, he gets better, you know, and you already do the leadership and you, and you just get better, you know, better with the with the passing, the deep ball. And that's the thing about a lot of these quarterbacks. And like you mentioned, Matt, you've seen a lot of bad quarterbacks who didn't put in the effort and didn't put in the work, despite being high, high sought after talent. You know, there's reason why Peyton Manning and Tom Brady are the GOATs. They put in the work. They study film. They looked at defenses. I mean, hell, I told myself if I was if I was the Eagles coach or in the coaching group, even though we won the game on Sunday, I'm sitting down. I'm going down to the back into the back and watching the Chiefs Bengals game. I need to see what I'm what I'm what my competition is going to look like in two weeks. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, I want to celebrate. You know, I'll have a beer or some or two. But at the end of the day, there's no celebration until we get, get that chip. We get that trophy. Then I'll celebrate and go crazy and all that. I mean, we can go crazy now and we were happy, but the work is still not done. And that's one thing I like about Dylan Hurts. He shows leadership on and on the field. Something Carlos didn't show. Something Donovan took for granted. Randall Cunningham himself in back in the day was like that. You know, you have to have full full-fledged understanding of your of your situation and Hertz has that and he's done a, a damn good job I mean you know he he enjoyed himself you know he sang the 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 fly Eagles fly it was probably the almost hilarious thing I ever heard from him you know and then he had victory cigar and stuff but I'm sure the next yesterday and today he's sitting he's back in Novacare looking at film and and getting himself ready for a practice. They're going to be practicing tomorrow and Thursday and getting themselves ready before they take that flight to to, to Glendale. Yeah. And obviously, you know, you got to put in the work because if you don't put in the work, you're not going to last long in this league. You're not going to have a lot of success and you will be you will fade out very quickly. Like I said, look at the 49ers. They didn't do their homework well this year. I mean, if they really thought Trey Lance was going to be this this guy who's going to be the guy, then they really, they, you know, they really looked the other way on Brock Purdy. Because now they don't even know what they have. I mean, Trey Lance is coming off of an injury. Brock Purdy tore his elbow. And now he, we don't know if he's ever going to be the same. So the 49ers, I mean, it is what it is. 
it's not their fault. It seems like it's their fault, but it may not be. Who knows? But when you don't have the quarterback right, you're not winning. And that's the only thing that that hold them back this year. You know, if they had a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers, you know, hell, or Dan Marino, you know, maybe they had a chance on Sunday. But they don't. They didn't. So, you know, you can't play this game scared. You have to play this game with intensity and all that. You have two, two guys, two alpha males, you know, the runner and the rocket. And it's going to be a hell of a game on, in two weeks. And like I said, I expect everything and, and anything from Patrick Mahomes. We've seen him play. I mean, Jesus, Lord, as a starter, he's never been worse than an AFC championship game at home in his career as a starter. That's unbelievable. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then again, you know, Andy Reid's been a great – has been a great head coach, you know. And I think we, in theory, took it for granted when he did leave here. Because look what he's done in Kansas City. And we've talked about this. I mean, he's won he's, – his worst season is a 9-7 in 2014. I mean, I'll take that. You would take that too if it's a bad year. If that's, a, if that's the worst, I'll take that. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. it's, and he's won seven straight division titles, and basically, they basically Brady and Belichick has passed the tour of dominant team in AFC to them, basically, because they've been the dominant team. They've been the team. They're a mini dynasty. They're not a full dynasty, obviously, because they only have one chip. But then again, I watch PTI. I'm sure you, y'all y'all wear PTI. Tony Kornheiser brought this up, saying that if Reed loses the Super Bowl, which is possible, which is probable and possible, he would have lost. He, he, the Eagles would have more rings than him with two different coaches and two different quarterbacks. So, mm-hmm. what is his legacy if that's the case? I mean, he's going to the Hall of Fame. He's a top 10 all time winner, top five all time winning coach, over 200 victories. But with one ring and the and your pre- and the team you you brought to prominence back to prominence in the two thousands that let you go has two two rings mm. with two different head coaches. That's co- that 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 would be kind of of a of a deal. And, and think about this: Andy Reid's been coaching consistently in the NFL for over thirty years. You know how long he's been without a job in those thirty years. Four days. Four days he was unemployed in 30 years. That's crazy. But that just tells you how great he is. And then when you look at Sirianni, I mean, you know, they, they, they've been getting on his ass all, all you know, they've been getting on his ass a lot about his, his intro, his, his press conference intro two years ago when he took over. And people were very upset. It's like this guy don't know what he's talking about. He's talking out of his ass. He was probably nervous that day. He's his mm-hmm. first head coaching job. <laughs> You're gonna say things. You're gonna be. You know. I remember when Jimmy Fallon took over the the Tonight Show. He was very nervous that night. It, he never did a talk show before. What do I know? But you get used to things. Like me, you get used to things, and then it becomes elementary. It comes easy and. You know, he's he's done a great job. I mean, Sirianni has been a very good coach. You know, 
it's hard to really put him where you would stack him as all-time Eagles coaches to be wins this, but he would put him up there with Dougie P and, and Big Red because it's obvious what he's he, he's accomplished. But it's funny about Nick Sirianni because there is a connection with him and Reed. When Reed took over Kansas City, he was on that coaching staff in 2012. <laughs> and they won just two games. They were a terrible team. So Andy Reid interviewed him, and he said that you just weren't good enough to be on his coaching staff. So they he had to he had, he fired him. He actually fired Suriani in two thousand twelve in, in January of twenty thirteen. <laughs> so this thing, I don't think it's revenge, and I don't think Suriani is that kind of guy. But I'm sure from where he was in the coaching <laughs> in the coaching tree then to now. I'm sure he would. It would be very sweet for him to win the Super Bowl against a guy who didn't think he had it at that time. So it will be very interesting. This is a very, to me, this is as good a matchup as as the NFL can get of two teams that know each other personally, professionally, and and everything else in between. So this should be very, very, very interesting. This should be a very interesting game because. There's a lot of know-it-all, a lot of notes that know. Could be very, very fun and very, very interesting. This would be one of the more, more, one of the more emotional Super Bowls we've ever watched. No matter what the outcome or how the game goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, when it comes to Andy Reid, you know, and and Sirianni, um, when it comes to revenge. There's something to be said about it, man. I mean, you look at the you look at Andy Reid versus the Eagles. He hasn't lost three and zero. Okay, he, he's, he, they they can say all they want about this the, about them being on good terms and all that. They probably are, but you know, Andy Reid wants to stick it to him because they he got fired. Okay, um, Sirianni. Okay, yeah, he, yeah, Reid fired him. He, he, you know, he's not happy about that. You know, he didn't like it, and uh, and this is his chance to show up, Andy Reid. Okay, show Andy Reid, hey, yeah, you were wrong. Okay, um, so I mean, there is something to be said about that, but also um, when you're talking about like uh, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and how great they've been, um, you know, you got that's the thing. I mean, there, there's a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of um, um, a, a lot of things going on with that. You know, you look at a coach. You look at like a Bill Belichick with Tom Brady. You look at, um, I mean, the the coach needs a great quarterback to be successful year in and year out. And then the the quarterback needs a great coach, a coach that can coach him up. A and B, he needs surrounding talent to be successful year in and year out. I mean, just look at Tom Brady this year with the Bucks. You know, all all these players, all all that offensive line, the receivers dropping balls. I mean, you know, they've been very fortunate over these last these first few years to have what they have right now. I mean, Reed has Mahomes, Mahomes has Reed, Mahomes has an elite offensive line every single year. Um, he had Tyree Kill up until this year. He had has Travis Kelsey Kelsey his whole career. I mean. 
he's got a lot of talent around him, and that's given him a, a, the opportunity to be great. Okay, we'll see how this goes over the course of his career. Andy Reid's not going to be there forever. Eventually, that offensive line will have issues, and then we'll see the we'll see what really happens. Um, who knows? Maybe one day Andy Reid. Uh, I doubt he'd leave the team, but maybe he retires and uh, a couple years later comes back with another team. Maybe he isn't all that great without a great quarterback. Who knows? (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, when we talk about Andy Reid, we've seen him with uh, Donovan McNabb, Michael Vick, uh, Patrick Mahomes, even Alex Smith. You know, they they didn't have that same success with Alex Smith, but he was a he was a solid quarterback. Best game managing quarterback last 25 years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they made the playoffs. He's a playoff quarterback. He's just not a guy that could win it. And that's that's that was the max that Andy Reid got. He got a quarterback that made the playoffs and then lost. You know, so is he this great coach all of a sudden because he found he finally found an elite quarterback? No. Uh, he, he is a he is a great coach, but he uh, he might be a little bit overrated at this point. But nonetheless, um, I, I I just look at this game and uh, I just don't see it, man. I don't see the Chiefs having what it takes to take us down. They don't have the team. They don't have the depth. They don't have every. They don't. They don't have a complete team like we have. And unless Mahomes throws for four hundred yards and four touchdowns, that that's their only shot. And I just don't see that happening against this defense. Yeah, um, I agree, and um, and I'll definitely dig more in depth next week. We dig into that Super Bowl, but I just see no way the Eagles don't win this. Just don't see it. Um, and when you have the best team, it's, it's yours to lose. Um, and, uh, I don't know, I guess this is true. I've I've been trying to do research on the, all the betting lines. When I went to go pick up my money Sunday night, after I had to fight my way through the broad street traffic, (laughs) drive drive backwards for a block on broken glass, (laughs) you know, because they wouldn't let me go across broad street. They had to go back to 15th street. My boy Lawrence had to do the same thing on Walnut Street. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so the time I got there and picked up my money, I look up and I see the, the betting line. It said Eagles one and a half. I said, well, okay. And I thought about turning back around and making a, babe, a bet. I said, nah, relax. Just got your first bet. What is the biggest bet I've ever made? It was only 100 bucks. <laughs> but on, on one event. And um, I know that next week, two weeks ago, I, I for now I got the twenty-five to one odds. So it's kind of stupid to go for one to one odds now. <laughs> but it's, I just so confident they're going to take care of business. I almost just want to just do it. So we'll see. But what I heard was when I got there it was ten thirty. I heard later that the betting line opened at KC minus two. What? I could have got two points too. But in 30 minutes, all the Sharks moved that line <laughs> to the Eagles' favorite in less than 30 minutes. 
So I may have could have caught it if I got there earlier. But that's crazy. I cannot imagine how Casey was favorite at all, except for the fact it's just recency bias. You just watch them win. So like, ooh, look at them. Just forgetting the Eagles have smashed their last two opponents by over 25 points on an average of 26 points a game. But that's okay. I, I, I don't keep the point spread low. It should easily be Eagles favorite by four and a half. But this is a nice discount. So go get your money if you want to get it. <laughs> but uh, but I'm feeling good, feeling real good, and we'll dig in like all the de- the details of it later. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, like I said, we've had we had a good talk about this Eagles and and everything. We had done Super Bowl preview, even though it's early, still still a week away before we get into that detail and all that can of worms. All right, let's look at other news around the league quickly because obviously next week's show we'll have a lot more looking into the offseason. And this Sunday we're going to do a show looking back on all 32 teams in the 2022 year. So that's coming up. But we have a few coaching moves here this afternoon. And (laughs) we already know about Frank Wright going to Carolina. We already knew about that. That was announced last week. But this afternoon, D'Amico Ryan's, who was drafted by the Houston Texans, is now going to be the head coach of the Houston Texans. And we all knew, no, unless you were living in underground or hiding un- from an earthquake that never showed up or, or shoveling snow that's not there, obviously, Sean Payton was going to become a head coach in 2023, was going to become <laughs> a head coach once again. And the Denver Broncos is his choice. And the Saints are sending... And they're sending the Saints their first-round pick and their second-round pick for it. So, y'all thoughts on these head coaches, even though Indianapolis and Arizona, as of now, still are vacated and may still be vacated because nobody really wants those jobs at the moment. So, y'all thoughts on the coaching jobs here? Yeah, well, um, the Broncos are going all in. And, you know, back before the season, when we did our preview – what I tell you, man, I thought they could be a Super Bowl contender if they had a real head coach instead they had that <laughs> hack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is a hack. Yeah. So, you know, maybe they got something now. But, you know, at the same time, Russell Wilson's another year older. He didn't look good last year. Uh, uh, Sean Payton's going to have to get the most out of him. So we'll see. But they at least have a head coach now. So now there's no excuses. There's no excuses for Russell Wilson to be a, a stiff. If he sucks, that means he's washed up. That's it. Mm. So, you know. And then with uh, uh, um, the Texans, the good thing there with Ryan going as the head coach is it seems for now like the Eagles might keep Jonathan Gannon at defensive coordinator. And uh, that's going to be big for another year. Obviously, this defense has been great this year. Um, and all these people like uh, Seth Joyner, they can trash uh, Gannon all they want, but he's obviously done a great job as a defense coordinator. And you can, you know, you, there's there's the, the people that hate him. They want to say, oh, my God, well, you know, you could take Johnny from uh, Hoboken or something. And <laughs> he, he can be defense coordinator with this talent. Yeah, I'm sorry. Now, now, 
if you know anything about football, you know that would be the most idiotic statement anybody could ever make. So, yeah, I'm not. That's not even worth talking about. But bottom line, Gannon has been great. Um, the one downside is uh, he is probably going to be a head coach in the near future, so we will lose him. And um, Vic Fangio was a guy that would be a perfect replacement. As a, uh, it looks like Miami Miami took them. Exactly, exactly. So he's going to Miami. Um sorry for stealing your, your sorry for stealing that spotlight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, he would have been a perfect replacement. In my opinion, the way I like to the way I like uh coaching staffs, if like if I if I were building a coaching staff, I would like to have like a let's just say you have Sirianni as your head coach and offensive head coach. I like having a defensive coordinator. That is a proven top-notch defensive coordinator that will probably never get a head coaching job anywhere else. Just like back after we fired Chip Kelly, and I was talking about hiring a head coach. Um, Doug Peterson wasn't my guy, but I was saying Jim Schwartz because Schwartz was never going to get a head. And he's coach now job. now he's the de- now he's the defensive coordinator in Cleveland. Yep, yep, yep. He's on Cleveland now. He'll be a defense coordinator, and he'll be awesome because he isn't—he's—he is a top-notch defense coordinator. He'll never be a head coach in the NFL again because you know he went what 0 16 with the Lions, <laughs> you know. But uh, that's that's the type of coordinator I like—the Jim Johnson, the the Jim Schwartz, you know, the Vic Fangio, the guy that's already had a shot at the at a at a head coaching job and failed, and probably will never get another shot again. But you know he's going to come at you with an awesome defense year in and year out. So we did miss out on that, but we got another year of Jonathan Gannon. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I was. Uh, I think I mentioned last week that uh, as we previewed the San Fran the Philly game that. When the word came out that D'Amico might be, might be the top spot for Houston, I said, I hope, I hope so. Hope that creates a nice distraction with him. And maybe it did. Because <laughs> that defense looked like crap. You know, so undisciplined Sunday. I think my man's already halfway out the door to Houston. He had his plane ticket in his back pocket to Houston, Texas. <laughs> don't go past, don't go back to San Fran, go straight to Houston. <laughs> so there it is. He'll he'll be there. Uh leading that team. Eh, that team has some sort of potential. I mean, they at least they so they have heart at the end of last year. So um maybe we'll see he can pull out with them. And you just um I uh, mentioned about oh Mr. Payton making his way up to Denver. Uh, it's gonna be interesting. I mean, they gave up first in a second round pick, huh? Um, but Denver, um, the one thing they did have was defense. The defense played pretty well. I have no idea what the situation is for next year, what the uh free agent or salary cap situation is for them, but if that stays same. And if Russell can play better with him, which we saw him look better um, this past few games uh, in Denver last year, eh, maybe. 
maybe they're having a little rebound. Um, or maybe it's going to be something that's going to take a few years after, and that they force Russell to retire. It's going to be the next guy. Um, but at least next year we'll see what Russell and him can do as a combo. And um, uh, so it's a good chance we might lose our defensive coordinator. Um, I'm trying to think who. What other head coach openings are available? Aren't Indianapolis and Arizona. Indianapolis. Uh, well, and there was talk they might keep your boy Saturday, isn't it? Uh, well, well, it's not sealed, so okay. All right. So they might stay open until after the Super Bowl. Um, so we'll see. And I agree with what Matt was saying. I've been saying it to people all year. Uh, sometimes even my own dad, you know, like Gannon can't be that bad. You know, we do have our moments where I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> but you can't lead the league in sacks. No, not that, not lead the league. Franchise record. Um, <laughs> uh, even Marvel and the 85 Bears taking not, knocking them out. So and say that we're not aggressive. So that that shows aggressiveness. In the first half of the season, the turnovers, my goodness, they were snatching everything. Um, it slowed down a bit now, but then Sunday we grabbed three. So guys doing something right. And um, so I, it's understandable why the rest of the league is looking at him and got them in, uh, uh, got him on their minds. So we might lose him, see who we can get to replace him. Might be another young guy, maybe another young start. Um, you know, uh, but we'll see what happens. But in the meantime, we have a game to play. Only two teams <laughs> yes. have this game to play in 12 days. Two yeah, teams. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll go. Well, I'll go quickly here. I mean, obviously, congrats to Frank Wright with the Carolina job, even though, you know, there was criticism because, you know, and we've been through this before, you know, the lack of black coaches not getting their opportunities. You know, well, I mean, that's another story for another day. I'm sad to say, but obviously good good for Frank Wright. He's been a respectable coach. He just never got the, the platform in Indy because of the quarterback situation and their and their, and their moronic owner in Ursay. So we'll see what Carolina does. They're not very patient with their ownership either, but he's a he's a respectable coach. I wish they would have kept Steve Wilkes around. He did a very respectable job for what he had to deal with after Matt Rule was fired. You know, he went six and six. That's not bad for mm-hmm. an interim coach. But you know, we'll see. Obviously for for Houston, you know, they have to save face for what for their embarrassment the last couple of years. But D'Amico Ryans is one of them. Not one of them, but he's one of their own from the team. He was drafted. He spent his first several years there. Obviously, he's a very he, he, he obviously has a strong pedigree. He was here in Philly for several years, too. You do you do the leadership and everything he had. You know he had tangibles to be a head coach. And we saw it throughout the year in, in San Francisco with running that defense. You know, he his, his name was going to get called for a head coaching job. So it doesn't surprise me that he's going there. It was pretty much done with about two weeks ago. So good luck with him. Hopefully, hopefully Houston can turn it around because they still have a lot of work to do. That that team is just not very deep at all from any position. They're the complete opposite of the Eagles, basically. 
They have a running back, and that's about it. With Denver, I mean, Matt, I know you, you've been buying the, the time about Denver. I mean, they're a quarterback away. They're a head coach away. I mean, it's like my favorite driver, Mark Martin. Yeah, okay, he's going to win the championship this year. Uh, he just missed it. Uh, maybe next year. We don't know about Denver. I mean, Denver is, has not made the playoffs since 2015, since they won Super Bowl 50. They're like the Giants. Now, maybe the Giants will – maybe they, they, they get a they get a comeback story with the Giants this year, you know, and they, and they overachieve. But then again, Russell Wilson – Last this year was an embarrassment for, for him. The fact that his old team went to the playoffs with Geno Smith of all quarterbacks—that's not a good look. And like I said, Hackett was a hack, and now he's hacking it up in New York with the J with the J E T S get get get, and maybe trying to cry his ass on over to Aaron Rodgers to come to them. We'll see what happens in the offseason. We'll talk about that in another episode. But obviously with with the situation and Denver of the money they spent and the draft picks they've lost. They've lost at least 10 draft picks in the last year trying to now you get a Super Bowl winning head coach and a Super Bowl winning quarterback. And let's see if it works. I mean, Sean Payton obviously turned Drew Brees into a Hall of Famer. Russell Wilson's already on was on that path until last year. But last year can't be repeated in 2023. They got win. They got to find a way to make the postseason because we don't like, like you said, Matt, you don't know what could happen with Kansas city after the super bowl. Reed might just pack his bags and go and go, go, go golf and fishing or, or, or go competitive eating or something. You know, God knows what he'll do. God knows what he'll do. He may, he may retire. And that opens the door in the AFC West, but you have to deal with the chargers and Kellen Moore is now going to be the coordinator for Justin Herbert. You look at the Raiders. They're going to make changes in the offseason. Could Brady end up there? Could Jimmy G end up there? Could you? Could any of us three be the quarterback there? You never know. There's a lot. That's a competitive division. It still, it still is, even though, yeah, it was underachieving. It's not the NFC East. Nobody, not all winners, but we'll see what happens. But And then when you look at Arizona and you look at, at uh, Indy, I mean, Jonathan Gandy could still get a job. The job is still there. It's still there for the opening, but obviously we'll see what happens because I'm sure somebody's going to be representing. Well, at the Super Bowl, every team is represented in a way, in a way, you know, from from you know from all kinds of awards and accolades and everything else. So you never know. He could get an interview with one of them. He may have already gotten an interview with one of them or two of them. So, like I said, this is Jonathan Gannon's last dance. Do what you've done to prove yourself. Call the best defensive game you ever call, and get a ring, get a get the Lombardi Trophy, and we'll and we'll we'll go to get you in next year if you're Arizona or Indianapolis. Yeah. Well, um, one note about Gannon though is um, after that game on Sunday, he did say he's not going anywhere. So, you know. He obviously knows he's not going to Houston where that seemed to be his best opportunity. And uh, he thinks he, he expects to stay here for another year. So 
you know. Okay. I mean, like I said, it, 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 he may he may not go, he he may still be here or he may not. We'll you know, like I said, there's still two openings, and you never know. You never know in this business. Uh, you never know. I mean, we never thought that Sirianni would get hired as the head coach, so you never know what's going to happen. But I remember, I remember, and, and we and we'll be celebrating our fifth anniversary of this show next year. This show next year, you told me the whole off season. Tom Brady would never leave New England, and guess what? He did. Hey, you never know what's going to happen, man. But, um, yeah, one yeah. other thing, though, is um, Kwame, you did mention about um, Denver. You're not sure about their cap situation and all that? Yeah. I, I saw it. I looked it up. Um, they, they have $9 million in cap space, which isn't much, but yeah. they barely have any free agents that are key. Um, they got a couple offensive linemen, and that's pretty much it. So, if they want to go all out this year, they can restructure a few deals, gain a bunch of cap space, and they can really make some moves. So, we'll see. Uh, they need it. They need a Howie Roseman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so hey. congratulations! And congratulations to Howie Roseman, Executive of the Year for the second time. It like should 2017, be. it wasn't yeah, it, right. and unlike all the other awards, this wasn't anywhere close. Nobody, no other GM was close to this award. You know, like I said, Ali Roseman should be considered the greatest, greatest executive that this team has ever had, despite his flaws as draft as a draft pick. You know, draft, drafting guys, he knows the talent that's already well cooked. You know, you get those pre cooked meals at the market. He's that's probably right. the best store bought guy you can ever have <laughs> but you got that congratulations right. to him all right well we have just a few more minutes left here even though we we have no time constraints but let's do our two things we do every week most likely for the last time here bets what oh. did we do uh, for conference championships oh, yeah, well. well you're the king well it's uh it's getting tight here so um, I'm out of it. That is what it is. I'm out of it. Yeah, I, I had Cincinnati minus one, so mm-hmm. I took another loss. I'm not even going to get 500 this year, so I'm done. Uh, Rob, you also took Cincinnati minus one. That gave you another loss. That puts yes. you at um 19, 15, and one. All right, but Kwame, <laughs> coming on here, you took the Eagles. Giving up two and a half. Obviously, they covered that. So that puts you at yes. um, 18, 16, and one. So all of a sudden, we have uh, Rob's leading Kwame by one game. And I thought he picked KC for some reason. All this time, I, was, I had to keep thinking he picked KC. <laughs> no, yeah, I picked the Bengals, man. I thought the Bengals would win. And they were one, they were one 15-yard penalty from going to overtime. Yeah, we didn't really talk much about that game, but the Chiefs are that seem to be the new uh, Patriots, the new uh, Colts. When Manning was there, where they're getting all the they get all the calls anymore, you know. <laughs> so. Yeah, you complained about that last week. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So yeah, I didn't um, see yeah. it. We got one game left. Rob leads Kwame by one. So when we do these we picks. We pick gonna, next week. We yeah, pick next not, week. We're not going to do it this week, but when when we do these picks, um, if for some reason you guys pick different teams, we're going to have to go to tiebreakers. 
just in yeah. case. Which we'll I, see what I have a feeling you're both going to pick the same team, but you never know. Maybe, maybe uh, for the sake of making it interesting, somebody goes different. Or if you don't mind, maybe you want to add maybe some prop bets to yeah. mix it up a bit. That's a possibility. Yeah, I'll look into <laughs> it. I mean, we can do some prop bets, like over-under, you know, however you guys want to do it. But uh, that would at least be the – that would that, at minimum, that would be the tiebreaker if, if uh, mm-hmm. we just do straight up the game. But, yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. Yep. All right. So this could be our last of the season. Surprises and disappointments for this past weekend of the conference championships. Uh, I mean, it, there's not much of a surprise. I mean, everybody knew these games could go either way. Um, disappointment. I would, I would give the Niners. I'd give to that offensive line that just got both their quarterbacks destroyed. Um, when it comes to surprises, I don't know. It, it's tough to give you much of anything. Yeah. Um I'll just say surprise. Um very few people thought the Eagles would blow the Diners out 31 to 7. You know. Um we all every we all thought it would be a close game at least. So that would be the surprise. But yeah, disappointment would be the the 49ers offensive line for sure. Yeah. There was no surprise for me. I thought the Eagles would be Beat their behinds. I maybe can go surprise. KC pulled it off, but you know, not too surprising. It's only a one point spread. Um, but you know, so no real surprises. I mean, the surprise is that we didn't pass. I swore the the way the wind beat them was to put in air, and uh, we had the one big pass that might have been incomplete. But um, outside of that. Uh, we kept it on the ground, so that surprised me. That no passing touchdowns in the NFC Championship game—that's a surprise. <laughs> that would yeah, never have yeah, somebody that. Took, if somebody took that bet, that'd be shocking. <laughs> somebody, somebody's got a lot of money if they took that prop bet. Yep, yep. <laughs> no passing touchdowns for either team. Woo! Well, yes. I mean, you're right, Matt. You get to this turn of the year, there's not many choices left. Maybe the surprise is that the Bengals didn't pull it off. I mean, you know, no overtime games in this postseason. I was really looking forward to seeing what, what you know, that, that Pandora's box being open, and it didn't happen, you know. And the Bengals, and I mean, I'm sitting there dozing off there late, in the, you know, watching that game at my buddy's house and really thought that this was going to overtime. And then that, that pushover penalty, and uh, that was a shame. <laughs> And then, obviously, the biggest disappointment is obviously the 49ers because we all thought they were going to be a really good team. They all thought they were going to – I mean, they we thought it was going to be a battle, going to be a war. It was a war for themselves mm-hmm. because it's obvious that Kyle Shanahan had them not prepared and Brock Purdy was scared little boy. He was a scared little boy and got his ass when, when Hassan Reddick when Hassan Reddick, you know, hit him, just one hit, and it, and that was it. That was it was a done deal. And I don't know. I mean, 
Then, I, like I said, and then I'll put my dummy of the week at, with Kyle Shanahan for being unprepared. He's the dummy of the week. I'm not going to give it to the to the guy who pushed Mahomes. It was a it was a mistake. It could happen anyway. Well, actually, there's co dummies of the week. I'm also going to give the refs <laughs> a, 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 a shout because the refereeing in that in that Bengals Chiefs game, you know, you can tell that it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. I mean, missed calls, nine calls, and all that. I mean. Between Kyle Shanahan having his team prepared, which he wasn't, which he didn't, and then obviously the 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 refs in that other game, you know, hell, forget about it. It was it was forget it was it was obvious. So, you know, that's pretty much all we say about surprises and disappointments. We'll see you in season six. <laughs> <laughs>